ideas, inspiration, innovation. This is The Game Changer. And now here's your host, Chickie Fitzgerald. Good morning, this is Chicky Fitzgerald, and we have just an amazing author for you today. And I have had the personal experience of actually working with him on the topic of this book, which is storytelling. And the title of the book is Better Selling Through Storytelling, The Essential Roadmap to Becoming a Revenue Rockstar. Our interview today is with John Livesey. John, welcome. Vicki, thanks so much. I love your energy. <laughs> well, you have given me energy. I'll tell you what, since we spoke a couple of weeks ago about recasting our investor presentation as a story, mm -hmm. I it just so resonated with me and it made it so easy. And in fact, uh, just as we were getting ready, I was busy uh, actually recording it to see how long it would take. And uh, it just reinforced to me that this whole thing about selling through storytelling uh, is really the right way to go. So I am so glad that you took the time to put this in book form, because I know you've done a lot of coaching of a lot of individuals. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, John? Sure. Well, my story started out in the suburbs of Chicago, where I grew up. And my first entrepreneurial job was a paper boy back when papers were delivered to people's homes. <laughs> and I had to knock on the door and make the sale. And then I had to deliver it at six in the morning. And then I had to go and collect the money at the end of every month. So it was great training. And then the other big highlight uh, from my childhood was being a lifeguard. And normally you're just blowing your whistle and telling kids not to run on wet pavement. But there was a time, Chicky, when I did have to save a little girl who had dived off the high dive and panicked. And I actually learned a big life lesson from that, which is don't panic and stay calm when things are mm. in crisis. And that lesson uh, has served me so much in my career. Um, I was in Silicon Valley back when Apple was starting and they were going to use computers to put recipes on them because there was no <laughs> internet. <clears throat> Uh, so I uh, ended up selling multi-million dollar mainframe computers to big companies like TRW and the airlines that would keep track of your credit scores or how to best use the crew and, fly and aircraft. And so I learned a lot about selling and uh, especially big ticket items. And then I um, uh, moved down to Southern California and took a job at an advertising agency creating TV commercials for movies coming out on home video before Netflix. Mm. And that's where I really learned my storytelling skills because you had to edit a movie down to a 15 or 30 second spot and still tell enough of that story to intrigue people to say, oh, I want to watch that or rent that. And the same thing is true now when you're giving an elevator pitch or a pitch for funding or a pitch to get hired or a pitch to sell a product. It's You want to intrigue people enough to say, oh, tell me more. And uh, then I went on to have a 15-year sales career at Condé Nast, which publishes all kinds of wonderful brands like GQ and Vanity Fair and Wired and W and Vogue. And um, along the way there, I um, actually got laid off during the 2008 crisis of uh, luxury advertising taking a nosedive, had to reinvent myself and 
learned to sell digital ads and then they hired me back and I ended up winning salesperson of the year. And I realized that's, I'm the same person, you know, go, no matter what's going on, <laughs> right. whether I'm being laid off or winning this award and that lifeguard training kicked back in when I got laid off to not panic. And then the last five years I've been working for myself as a keynote sales speaker, helping other salespeople get off that self-esteem roller coaster and becoming storytellers. Well, I love that story of of disruption to reinvention, and mm. you know, as you mentioned, you you actually moved from uh, from a world where things were done manually, right, into this digital world, which had already disrupted your the company that you worked for, but mm -hmm. you used that instead as a catalyst to reinvent yourself, and I, I think that that is a lesson that so many people have to learn. I, I watched it recently with one of my salespeople who had come from Apple Leisure Group, which is, you know, one of the major travel wholesalers. Mm -hmm. And, and he was having, you know, he had had a great career with them, but they had merged with another firm. And he had been one of the people who had been let go. And he came to work for me. And, and while I love him to death, he really had a hard time making that transition of going from working for a company that everybody recognized mm. to going to a firm that he had to explain <laughs> who it was. And even though the product was still incredibly compelling, um, he was resting on that comfort of that big name, right? Yeah. And, and I know you went through that as well. So, you know, as, as we begin to talk about this whole storytelling process, you begin the book by uh, just making the statement, which is absolutely true, that the best story gets the sale. Mm -hmm. You know, can you just give us a little background of why storytelling is so important? Well, the number one reason why storytelling is so important is that it's literally in our DNA, Chicky. Uh, historically, back in the caveman days, we would sit around the glow of campfires and tell stories. That's how um, communication was passed along. And now we sit around the glow of PowerPoints, but we're <laughs> wired <laughs> to crave stories. It taps into our right side of our brain and stories are memorable. And the old way of selling, of just pushing out a bunch of information, doesn't work anymore. Because if you're typically, whether you're a, a sailing media or I've worked with architecture firms, that they, you know, they're called in with usually two or three other firms and they have to present back to back. And it all starts to blur together for the client trying to decide who they're going to hire. But whoever tells the best story of why this team is so great, to work with or how they helped another client that was just like them and people can see themselves in the story. When you turn a case study into a story, people want to go on that journey with you. Mm. Well, I certainly know that to be true from my own experience.
John, as, as you move into the rest of the content of the book, the next thing that you focus on is actually creating your own reality. And, and mm. you know, as you helped me through seeing my own story, quite often we have to get out of our own way, right? Yes. Well, when you were talking about that other person um, not being uh, able to stay in their comfort zone of having a big brand name to recognize, there's so much there that there's no, the comfort zone no longer exists for anybody, Chicky. And I tell people we need to get into the learning zone. So if you let go of staying in your comfort zone from a mindset standpoint, then you get into the learning zone. And this need to embrace disruption because we're living in a time of change that's happening at a rate that no one's ever experienced before. So the way to do that is to look at other people throughout history that have embraced disruption. For example, in the silent movie days, that was the norm. And then talkies came along. Well, only a small percentage of those actors in silent movies could make that transition from silent to talkies. So you could say the same thing is true from print media to digital media. Uh, the networks now are having to start their own streaming process to compete with Netflix. Why they didn't do it to start <laughs> with is because they were in their comfort zone. This right. has been working for us for years. Why should we innovate? So now they're playing catch up. You know, you also address uh, something that is near and dear to my heart, and, and that is how you get your foot in the door. And I will tell you that uh, out of all of the people that we have hired to sell our product, I have heard more in the last year of no one will return my phone calls. Mm -hmm. I can't get through. People aren't even checking their messages. Mm -hmm. And and so getting your foot in the door is getting harder and harder. And, you know, I, I was working with someone who uh, talked a little bit about what they call door busters. And mm -hmm. I had never heard that term before. So I decided to try it. And I had a company who I, I had met with about nine months before, and they had actually agreed that what we did was really, really complimentary to what they did, but I couldn't get through actually working with their team. Mm -hmm. And so I sent the CEO a, a really, really beautiful one hourglass timer. And, you know, I sent that to him saying that that's all it would take them to actually <laughs> implement my product. And he actually sent me a note back saying best doorbuster ever. And I thought here, I hadn't even heard that term. Uh -huh. right? So how do you bust through the door in such a noisy world? Well, that leads me to the whole concept of where do clients see you on a ladder that I've created, which is we start off as invisible and then we go to insignificant and then we go to interesting and the next rung up is intriguing and then mm. finally getting to irresistible. And so first of all, you need to identify where am I on this ladder? <laughs> and I'm going to have a different strategy to get up to the next rung, depending. So first, it's an awareness. If they never heard of me or my company, I'm invisible. It's a lot like dating. You know, you're gorgeous, but I've been in situations where I've seen someone I'm attracted to and they, I might as well be invisible. That's, I'm sure, never happened to you. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and you know, in dating, you move up to insignificant. They see you, but you're insignificant. I don't know what's worse, Chicky, in the dating world. <laughs> but, uh, you know, let's say in business, you're selling, I don't know, life insurance. And people go, oh, I don't need that. So it's insignificant to me. So breaking through doors is first an awareness of where am I on this ladder from invisible 
to irresistible and how can I break through the clutter? Warm introductions are clearly a great way to do it. Uh, a good, thoughtful, clever gift is a good way to do it. In fact, one of the, my favorite uh, topics on that is a gentleman named John Rulin who wrote a book called Giftology and he's brilliant at crafting companies uh, ideas so that it's not the normal fruit basket at holidays to right. stand out. And also um, in a world of email or even LinkedIn, what you say in that subject line has to intrigue them enough to say like a headline in an ad, oh, what does that mean? Right. I'm intrigued to know more. So if you can tap into somebody's pain point, are you struggling with you know, a high travel costs or whatever the, the problem is that you're solving? Um, or, you know, don't miss this story on how we helped XYZ person go from, you know, struggling to soaring. <laughs> right, right. Well, and I love how you use a, a twist and again, another variation on that in one of your other books called The Successful Pitch. And again, uh, you and I got introduced because we are in the midst of raising money and, and you've been helping me on that front. But that book, the tagline is conversations about going from invisible to investable, which uh, I, I really love that. And, mm -hmm. and the latter metaphor uh, is something that is easy for us to envision. So, so once you get your foot in the door, once you get them intrigued, mm -hmm. how do you get a seat at the table? Right. How do you actually get the time to have the discussion? Again, we are just in the midst of working with people and trying to get in the door with people who have more on their table than they can possibly handle. Right. Well, one of the best ways to do that is empathy. When you can sh explain the problem or put yourself in somebody else's shoes and say, look, I've done your job, or we have clients like you who've been overwhelmed and stressed out, and we've been able to help them, or we've been able, we know the pressure you're under to perform, or if I could show you a way to make you look good to your boss, would that be worth 10 minutes? And you're constantly giving value, value, value and for their time while realizing that you're putting them at the core focus of, listen, I know the pressure and stress you're under and the time management challenges you're under, but I have a solution. And if you'd like to hear the story of how I helped somebody who is just like you do that, mm. I think you'd like to um, know that, hear that story. And again, where if you're versus, can I have 10 minutes to go over all the facts and figures and numbers <laughs> of, of what we do and how we can save you 2% over 10 years? I mean, that puts anybody to sleep. But exactly. if you're like, I'm going to tell you a story <laughs> of somebody who's just like you that I helped and what, how great their life is now after working with us. Uh, does that sound like the kind of journey you'd like to go on? That's how you get them to go, yes, please. Well, and again, I love the visual of how you describe the next phase, which is getting people to lean into you. Mm -hmm. and, and just that, again, the visual of somebody saying, tell me more. And, yes. and tell me more is such a powerful phrase uh, even for the salesperson to use on that side, right? Yes. Uh, in fact, I interviewed a woman who wrote a book called Tell Me More, mm -hmm. and it really is meant to help the salesperson be quiet yes. long enough, right, to hear what the other person is saying. Well, I have a great tip on silence in Better Selling Through Storytelling. I'd love to share since you brought up the concept of, yes, yes. of not speaking. 
The old way of selling Chicky, uh, back when I was trained, was you ask a closing question. Do you want to buy this computer? Do you want to buy this house? Whatever it is. And the, then it's just a, uh, whoever speaks first loses. So it's a silence game. And people can feel that energy. And people are sophisticated enough to know it now. So the secret that I give my clients is after you ask someone, do you want to invest in us? Do you want to buy this, hire me, whatever it is, you just say to yourself, I am patient and calm three times. <laughs> and that energy, that prevents you from blurting out something um, to start the, and lets the person have a minute to say yes or no and process everything you've given them. And I've had real estate agents uh, increase their sales by 30% just from that mm. one secret. So the real magic here is that the ability to be comfortable with the silence in the room is when you become comfortable with the silence in your head. Instead of that negative self-talk, I really need this commission. If I have to show this person another house, I'm going to lose my mind, whatever. It, you know. <laughs> uh, so instead of all that, you're saying I'm patient and calm. So meditation, whatever you need to do to quiet that down so you can get comfortable with silence in your head, that really will give you the comfort to be comfortable with the silence in the room. That is so powerful. You know, the, the next thing that occurs to me, and, and we certainly see it as we're trying to learn the sales dance uh, mm -hmm. in our own, in my own business. And, and it is a dance, right? Yeah. Because you, uh, one of the things that my team uh, is looking at is how do we separate real objections mm. from the, I just want to get you out of my office or off the phone because I've got so much else to do. Right. right. And, and so you have a whole chapter in the book devoted to overcoming objections and you do call it the dance, which I love. <laughs> yes. I mean, one of the things is again, that mindset don't, fear objections, don't resent objections. If you frame your mindset of, oh, here's a buying signal. <laughs> no, nobody gives you an objection unless they're trying to, they just need, they're having, they're, they can't get over the price or they can't get over whatever the problem is or confused. You know, and the confused mind always says no, Chicky. So that's a big objection that's sort of unspoken. And that, I want you to say that again, because that is one of the most powerful things I took away from this book. Say it again. Oh. The confused mind always says no. And then the next yes. part of that is they will not tell you they're confused because their ego is involved. So don't use a bunch of acronyms. People don't under, don't try to make this so complicated right. and try to impress people with all your technical knowledge. Um, so overcoming objections and making sure that this is the real objection is active listening, making sure that you've heard what they've said letting them know that that's not a crazy thought or a question. In fact, sometimes other people who have become clients have the same question and you tell that story and now they're happy because what they realized was this really does give us a great ROI or whatever the objection is. But real objections are like, you ask them, tell me more. Is there anything else besides, let's say the price um, that's preventing you from wanting to move forward with this? And then they'll say, no, it's just that. Or yeah, there's two or other three things. So I'm all about get it all out on the table and let's see what we have to deal with. And another technique is asking them what it is about our company or what is it about me or our product or whatever it is that you think separates us 
um, from mm. other people. So you almost future pace them and get them to try to sell you on you. In other words, if they don't have a vision of how it could possibly work, then you know they're just wasting their time. A lot of people go through an exercise of, oh, I need three bids. I've already made up my mind. I'm just going <laughs> to talk to two other people so I can tell my boss I got two other bids. Um, but I've already, I'm going with this person. You can, you can suss that out if they say, I, I, I don't do. Whoops. <laughs> no, I'm still here. I'm sorry. I just hit my headset. Um, well, you will be proud of me because, uh, and for, for our listeners who routinely listen to this show, you know that as a founder and particularly a tech founder, uh, I tend to be really in love with my product and I overshare mm. about the features and benefits. So the other day we were in a meeting with a, a local um, head of a foundation for a major hospital and we were sharing with her uh, about what, what the product could do for them, both on the hospital side and on the fundraising side. And my greatest moment in that meeting was when I did just be quiet and her next words were, this makes sense for two reasons. Uh, <laughs> and then she, she enumerates the two reasons. And then less than five minutes later, she was saying, you know, the timing is really good. <laughs> and Love I thought, that. yes. That's so, it. so you're landing yeah. the plane. You and the yeah. co-pilot were co you were co-pilots with the buyer and you were landing <laughs> the plane. You know, that closing of a sale is a normal thing, just like landing a plane. When I fly to New York and they make the announcement that we're landing in New York, Chicky, not one person stands up and says, What? We're landing? <laughs> Everyone expects that. And the same thing is true in a sales right. call, right? It's like right. not a surprise that you're gonna say, do it or not do it. Let's not just keep flying around in circles. So um that is so great that they we're selling you on why they wanted to do it. Then they feel like you're, you know, helping them make their own decision without being pressured or pushed into it. Exactly. And, you know, before, uh, I don't think that ever would have happened because I would have still been talking. And, uh, you know, yeah. I, I think one of the things that this book has helped me understand is how to become irresistible, mm. right? Because that isn't my natural uh, desire. And and especially, and I, and I think that there needs to be a special sales course. Uh, and your book actually is this for founders, mm -hmm. right? Not just in raising money, but actually in sales, because right. uh, we, we are often the worst salespeople in our company, yet the investment community expects us to be the best, right? Mm -hmm. when, we, when we can't afford to hire salespeople, they say, well, you just do it. And mm -hmm. to me, that always feels like telling your dentist to do brain surgery, <laughs> right? It's a different skill set. <laughs> but well, with, it, your, with your book, though, you really give so many practical tips uh, that help you to move into that place of being the irresistible you. Nice. Well, you've hit on two key points here. Um, the ability to stop talking. I was once in a room with someone that I'd gotten them all queued up to um, buy this product. And the client said, okay, I'll do it. And then the founder said, oh, but I haven't, there's three other features I need to tell you about. <laughs> I walked out of that when I said, when they say yes, Stop talking. Exactly. They don't need to know all the features. They're already sold. You're going to unsell it. Um, and just also that mindset of, of someone saying, well, until you can hire salespeople, you do it. If you can shift your mindset from I'm not a salesperson to I can do that because I'm a storyteller. 
And all I have to do is tell the story of how I started this company, my story, and a story of someone we've helped to get clients. I'm just telling my story and I'm going to train my mm. salespeople to tell our story. Then it, you're not going to resent selling. I love that, John. And and I need to hear that every day. Can you just call me every morning and leave that message on my voicemail, please? Because you know what? <laughs> selling is pushing, and that's why you resist doing it. Storytelling pulls people in. Yes. And you become magnetic. Everyone loves a good story. And guess what? Everyone loves to tell a good story. So if you tell a good enough story, they'll start being your brand ambassador and start telling other people that could be referrals for you. Exactly. Well, the one thing before we move too far off of the overcoming objections, one of the things in my own company that that we're facing is that the objections aren't in the room, right? They, The person we're talking to may love what we're doing, and then they have to socialize it. Mm-hmm. And how do you ensure that the storytelling makes it all the way through. And because quite often, you know, we will ask to be involved in that socialization right. and they're like, no, I've got it. You know, <laughs> and I'm thinking, no, you don't. <laughs> yes. Well, um, sometimes you can offer to role play with someone and it's not insulting them that they don't have it, but you can just say, you know, I want to give you all the confidence and all the tools. Mm. I'm sure you're already good, but I'd like to make you look great to your boss. So if I can pretend to be your boss, would you mind pretend, uh, uh-huh. giving, telling my stories and I'll let you know if there's any little tweak that might get you from good to great? Mm. That's very helpful. And then they feel like, oh, yeah, who doesn't want to go from good to great? But see, the real nugget there is I want to make you look so good to your boss when you're telling this story. Let's practice once. Let's role play. Because it'll make you, well, who doesn't want to look good to their boss? Exactly. Exactly. So, John, uh, in the back of this book, you provide a bunch of, uh, again, very, very practical tools. You've got a quick reference guide. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. uh, Because... You, you've told a wonderful story about this book, but I really do want people to pick it up because mm-hmm. uh, there's so much, almost even in between the lines that, that you can feel from the stories that you're telling within the book. Hmm. Well, I always like to have a flight plan checklist like a pilot does, as I referenced earlier, being a co-pilot with your buyer and landing the plane. So like any flight plan, there's a little map of where you're going. So if, as you're reading the book, you can check the quick reference, or if you want to just a quick, what was in that chapter again, um, or you can just pick and choose whatever area of, you know, I need help on the overcoming objections. I need help with closing. I need help with coming up with a good story. And then that quick reference really helps you know exactly where to go to get exactly what you need at the right time. Right. So this book then can become that roadmap for you that when you have some struggles with different parts of your pitch or different parts of the storytelling, again, in the irresistible you chapter, one of the things I love is you give some, some tips about what happens before you walk in the room, right? That you need to relax. Mm. And, and uh, you also talk about moments of certainty. Remember Mm. how it felt when you succeeded and, and those, those things are the things that so help me when I read this book. And again, of thinking about not only storytelling 
in my sales activities to become a revenue rock star. Uh, I want that on my business card. <laughs> You'll get funded um, very fast. <laughs> absolutely. But then also this, this whole story about, uh, you know, going from invisible to investable, which you tell uh, in your other book, The Successful Pitch. Now, John, you've written some other books besides these two. Is that right? Yes. 15 years ago, I wrote The Seven Most Powerful Selling Secrets. So um, the last, the most current book, Better Selling Through Storytelling, is really the culmination of 15 years of experience and insights that I've learned since then. Mm. And I will tell you that, uh, again, you've got the ladder on the front of the book and, and you use one of my favorite colors. It's a, uh, what they tell me is a really modern shade of green. It's uh, mm. kind of somewhere in between, uh, you know, green and, and a, not even a turquoise. I'm not sure what the color is called, but it, it is a, a very confident color. Mm. And it's, so, it's also the color of money. It's the color of green for go. It's nature, yes. it's growth. There's a lot of thought that went into that. So I'm so glad you like it. Well, I, I am a student of uh, not only book covers, but actually book spines. Mm. Because when you're walking through, whether it's True. the library or a bookstore, and you're actually looking at the books, mm -hmm. um, they do have to jump off of the shelf. Yes. And, and on the spine of your book, the word selling is in green. Mm. And, and again, this green that wraps around from, from the front cover just really jumps off the shelf. So bravo to uh, uh, your publisher and, and to you. Oh, you and I have the same publisher of our book. I didn't realize oh, you were yeah, Morgan James. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they did a beautiful job on my cover of The Game Changer as well. Oh, nice. So, so John, what would you like to leave with our listeners today? I would like everyone to know that my own personal mission for everyone that's listening is to help as many people as possible get off the self-esteem roller coaster where you only feel good about yourself if your numbers are up or things are going well and you feel bad about yourself if your numbers are down or things are not going the way you wanted them to or as fast as you wanted them to. And when we remember that who we are is bigger than any one thing or what our mm. job is or what our company name is, then we're free to bring the best version of ourselves to the world. Mm. That is really liberating. John, if people want to get in touch with you or if they'd like to have you speak at an event, how can they best reach you? The best way is just to go to my website, johnlivesay.com. And there's all kinds of video content on there about persuasion and storytelling. And there's a sizzle reel and the contact from my speaking agent and some testimonials. And if you want to read, read the book, um, it's obviously going to be on all the normal channels, but also on Audible. I narrated it myself. So for people who like to listen versus read, that's also available. Oh, that's great. And, and I will also put in a plug. John also makes himself available uh, by the hour. And I will tell you that with great confidence, you can book an hour with this man and he will change your life. Oh, thanks, uh, So, uh, John, thank you so, so much for being with us today. And uh, go out and sell better through storytelling. Again, the title of this book is Better Selling Through Storytelling, The Essential Roadmap to Becoming a Revenue Rockstar. We've been joined today by John Livesey. John, thanks so much and have an amazing weekend. You too. Yeah, complete pleasure being a guest. Thanks again for inviting me. <laughs> Thank you so much. You've been listening to The Game Changer. Ideas. Inspiration. 
innovation with Chickie Fitzgerald.